When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the enemy is dug in deep, the Spartans aren't available, and a conventional insertion is suicide. Who do you call? ODSGs! When there's no chance of landing a pelican in one piece, how do you enter the fight? Feet first into hell! Oorah! Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Connor. And I'm Jaden. And we've got a juicy topic for you this time. Today, we are talking about the Orbital Drop Shock Troopers of the Halo franchise, also known as ODSTs. And Jaden, I'm, I'm, I want to know if I'm alone in thinking this. Is there a harder, more badass group of boys and gals uh to ever kick some covenant ass than these guys i not to my knowledge i mean besides the grunts but you know my feelings on them. <laughs> of course yeah let's let's just set that aside the that's a given the grunts are the superior life form of the galaxy we've already established that listen to our previous episode if you haven't but okay second down from the grunts we've gotta we've gotta give props to the odsts uh, Absolutely. these guys uh, i i think they're underrated honestly and my, you know, what I wanted to get at on this episode is um, why they are, why they shouldn't be underrated, why they are awesome, and kind of they live in the shadow of the Spartans and Master Chief and these super soldiers that are sort of the face of the Halo games. But if you look behind the shadow of the giants in their green armor, fancy augmentations and fancy training, you'll see some really salt of the earth, hardworking men and women who strap on their flak armor and they jump into these little metal eggs that get launched out of spaceships and fly through atmosphere and hit the dirt and they come out fighting. I just gets my blood pumping. I don't know about you. Absolutely. I mean, and plus the, the thing is, these are honestly some of the more human characters you get to see in the Halo franchise. Uh, we were talking about this before we started the episode, but I mean, some of my favorite characters in any medium form are side characters. I mean, heck, my favorite Star Wars character is Wedge Antilles, which 90% of people are like, who is that person? And I'm like, that's the pilot who's in the original series who's the best. He's the best pilot. He's, he's the best wing jockey to ever hold a control. Poe Dameron <laughs> wishes that he was Wedge Antilles. Exactly. Yeah. Poe Dameron has a Wedge Antilles poster on his bedroom wall. Absolutely. He does. But the, the Wedge and characters like him, those, those rebel pilots, I think they have that same strength that the ODSTs have. They're kind of the side characters. They're a little bit off to the side. But if you really look at them, you discover a lot of interesting information about them. They're really worth a second look. So speaking of the ODSTs, let's get into the kind of the background, the history of that, of that branch of the UNSC military. So as we know, before the UNSC 
that we know and love, you know, was embroiled in the losing war against the covenant. They had a bit of a period of civil strife to deal with. That was early on, that was called the interplanetary war when Earth, Mars, all these different moons across the solar system were kind of at each other's throats. Technology at the time was getting more and more advanced, and that included orbital methods of entry onto a planetary service. Yes, the idea of which was um, you find an enemy position that you can't just bomb to hell from orbit because you need the resource on a planet. Obviously, you know, if you're attacking a planet in the Halo universe, the easiest thing to do with the world is to just fire a nuke at it, wait for the fallout to subside, and you've got the planet. But the problem is, when you're fighting an interplanetary war like this, you're fighting for a planet that you actually want. So therefore, you need to launch an attack force to actually take the planet. And the best way to do that is to soften up your target area by releasing ground forces. And this is actually not something that is new in warfare in any way, shape, or form. Advanced parties are used all the time. That's right. That's right. We, we saw an advent of airborne infantry in World War II in our own timeline, in our own history. Yes, the, idea the 101st. Of, that's right. The, the Screaming Eagles, 104th Airborne. Uh, the idea of parachute infantry was kind of pioneered at the time because you had these planes. These planes were capable of carrying people. And if it was too costly or complicated to drive your troops across a border or over, over ground or land them on a boat, just drop them out of the plane. <laughs> Simple. And so the UNSC during the interplanetary war and all their different struggles with human forces, other, like, other humans, rebels, insurrectionists, they kind of took that paratrooper paradigm. <laughs> Only their, uh, their landings were a lot more explodey. That's right. They, they took paratroopers and then put rockets into the equation. Which is very funny because um, the original advent of paratroopers were they were supposed to be a stealth unit. They were supposed to launch in relatively undetected and then cause havoc. Whereas with the ODSTs, they're not, they're not sneaking through the back door so much as kicking the back door in with both feet. <laughs> That's right. Coming While throwing in, a flashbang at the same time. Right. Coming in through the ceiling, uh, crushing you from above and just, just blowing the hell out of everything, riddling you with bullets. Uh, subtlety is not exactly their game. They're not, this isn't a nighttime drop behind enemy lines with silent stealthy parachutes. Now these are rocket pods coming in from freaking space and smashing your door. And I think, that's and yet they launch with silent submachine guns. I always thought that was hilarious. <laughs> that was kind of fun. They already yeah. know you're here guys. <laughs> that's, yeah, never try making sense of that one. I mean, you can jump in and then infiltrate, but if yeah, if you're going to but that aside, I think that's where we get the term shock trooper from. You're dropping in from orbit and you're a shock trooper, orbital drop, shock trooper, ODST, bingo bango. So, we see them kind of become the advent of this specialized sort of spec ops arm of the UNSC Marines. So you've got UNSC Marines, tough customers to begin with, but then you give mm -hmm. them special training to drop in from outer space and kick the door in and really open the, open the door for your friendlies to come in and finish the job. And you've got the ODSTs, the hell jumpers, as they started to be called. And then time passed. First <laughs> contact was made between humanity and the Covenant. And uh, it wasn't ET, as we all know, unfortunately. It wasn't friendly <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, happy-go-lucky, we did not sing Kumbaya. And so the Human Covenant War kicked off. And I think it's safe to say, Jaden, uh, the ODSTs kind of took a, 
a tough toll. They took a bit of the brunt of the action in those first few battles, didn't they? Which is very unsurprising because, you know, they are the the opening salvo of any uh, human invasion. And the problem is when humanity's on the back end of the attack, you know, we see this um, with uh, the German paratroopers during World War II. You know, the Germans had paratroopers. They weren't as well known as, say, the 101st for the American side. And they often just found themselves being used in defensive roles where instead of being launched into enemy territory, they were being launched into their friendly territory, you know, and were even simply not even being launched. They're just being deployed onto a planet because they were the best guys we had at the time. And you have to throw everything you can at this giant juggernaut that is the Covenant. They're just destroying everything. So you put your best guys that you have. Unfortunately, your best guys aren't good enough. They're just getting ground up. That's right. Yeah, those early battles were real meat grinders, and that was kind of the that was kind of the pattern that was pretty common for most of the war, um, at least for the first few years. Humanity's on the back foot, like you said, they're fighting a lot of defensive engagements. So you just throw the hell jumpers in there, stem the tide. Up until the Spartan threes were able to come along and join the fight, the hell jumpers, the ODSTs, were like you said pretty much the best of the best. They were the premier special forces units that the UNSC had at their disposal. And so, yeah, they, they suffered heavy casualties, just like most other branches of the UNSC, just like the regular Marines. But I think their efforts kind of culminated in the Battle of Earth when, of course, Halo 3 ODST, the game, comes along. And this was a really special game, I think, in the Halo franchise, because it really, for the first time, put you, as the player, in the boots of an unaugmented human being, just a regular average Joe. Well, maybe above average because you are you made it through <laughs> the ODST training. That's no small feat, but you're not a super soldier. You're not a bionic killing machine. You're just a guy. You're the and next best thing. You're Nathan Fillion. <laughs> yeah. You, if only you could actually play as Buck in that game. Well, I guess, was it was there horde mode or, or firefight mode or something? No, you. I, I believe you play as Buck when you're trying to rescue um, the... Uh, Oni captain. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there there is that level you play as Buck. You're right. So yes, you do play as an almost superhuman human, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> you play as Captain Malcolm Reynolds himself, and that's I mean that's pretty good. He's not. I think someone described the character of Ed Buck, Gunnery Sergeant Edward Buck, as uh, if he were any better, he'd be a Spartan. So and then he became a Spartan, and then he became a Spartan four, and the rest is history. So that can tell you a little bit about I mean, the, the stock, the, the the type of quality people that the ODST have. These are just one step below actual superhumans. These are these are people, human beings trained to their absolute peak of military performance, of of martial prowess, of killing potential. They're at the apex. If they were pushed any further, they'd be they'd be literal superhumans. They'd be Spartans. Uh, now. There, it wasn't always friendly, <laughs> of course, between uh, these two ends of the spectrum, I guess you could say. You've got the Helljumpers, Special Forces Marines, and then you've got the Spartans, children taken from their families, which is covered in another episode of ours you should listen to if you haven't already. And they were trained and augmented and turned into Spartans, but not all other members of the UNSC military took kindly to this sort of new new form of soldier would you say which you got to put into perspective a little bit too connor um if imagine you're the odst you know you're on the ground you've been fighting this war for 10 15 years at this point and 
all of your buddies are just getting wiped out left and right all around you. And all of a sudden, these new guys show up and your sergeant says, hey, you take orders from that guy now. You know, the Spartans were not a known commodity until very late into the war. So all of a sudden, these new guys show up and they get to be the face of the Covenant War. That just seems unfair to the average grunt. You know, I'm the one who's been bleeding here for years. You guys just showed up. Right. Even though they've been fighting in the background for years at this point. Right. It's even if, yeah, your 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 ass just gets saved from getting scorched by a plasma rifle by a, by a Spartan, there can be a measure of uh, animosity there. Just like, where, where the hell have you been? What's so special about you? I mean, I, me and my buddies have been in the mud here. But that's a quick background of uh, the Helljumpers as we know them. Jaden, you have any final thoughts on that? I think we've covered that pretty pretty thoroughly. I mean, these guys are, like I said, they would be the best of the best if it weren't for those pesky Spartans. The Spartans, they're just they're just in a league above, and you you see that very clearly in the fact that you know they Master Chief just tears through hordes of Covenant. But that's not to take anything right. away from the ODSTs because they are. They are the best of the best that humanity can can train, whereas Spartans are the best that we can build. It's a fair point. And getting into sort of the second half of our discussions, I want to deal with the place, the unique place and the role that the ODSTs play in the Halo lore. We've kind of gotten into that a little bit. We have the super soldiers who are emblematic of the Halo games, the Spartans, but I I believe, this is my argument, that the ODSTs are a really important sort of counterweight to the Spartans. The Spartans wouldn't be as special as they are, as you know, on a, as high of a pedestal as they are, if it wasn't for a more grounded and human counterpart to compare them to. You know what I mean? When I would absolutely ODSTs, agree with that. Yeah, when the ODSTs stand next to the Spartans, you kind of see the best of the best, and then you see the next level. And I, I really find it interesting how the ODSTs sort of represent a different part of the human fighting spirit. Absolutely. I think right off the bat, um, the thing that, that they really represent, at least to me, is that they represent, uh, ironically enough, the human aspect of humanity. Whereas the Spartans are, you know, they're defenders of humanity, but there's not much humanity left in them, sadly enough. Right. Whereas... The Spartan, uh, the ODSTs, excuse me, will sit there and they'll crack jokes. You know, they'll they'll pray, they'll uh, be jerks to each other. Whereas the Spartans are just like, all right, everything here is dead. Moving on. Yes, of course. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's all about the mission to them. Uh, whereas with ODSTs, they, they they're human beings. They have human being concerns. Uh, like you said, they'll they'll bond with each other. They crack jokes. They'll sh- they'll show each other pictures of their family. Uh, we look at Edward Buck's relationship with uh, Veronica Dare. That's a that's a complicated entanglement that you wouldn't really see with the Spartans. Uh, it's implied that uh, Buck and Dare they or they they had a romantic relationship of some kind in the past, and when they when circumstances bring them back together again, they have to put that aside and get the job done. But it's hard for them. They're they're people. You know they have feelings. Spartans have no problem whatsoever putting those feelings aside, if they even have them. It's hard to tell if they even have those sort of uh, human emotional responses to stimuli like that. But but ODSTs uh, and uh, Oni personnel like Buck and Dare, they, they have to sort of deal with that a little bit. So I think people complain about some characters in some media, whether it's comics, movies, video games, 
they sometimes complain about characters being a little too invincible, a little too powerful. They don't have enough weaknesses or kind of detriments or shortcomings that make them really engaging and relatable. And I think the ODSTs, especially the ones we interact with in the games, they sort of make make up for that a little bit. They they give us a little bit more of that human connection. To add to your point, uh, one of my favorite moments in the game is uh, uh, the character Dutch as he's uh, flying over the edge of uh, a cliff and he his 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 uh, warthog crashes and he gets off and he says, uh, "Lord, please let me please let there be no more flying today." <laughs> and then the the ship explodes. He goes, oh, "Is that a yes or a no?" <laughs> and while that is a very funny scene, I think it points to the fact that. Dutch is extremely vulnerable and he knows it. The thing is with the Spartans is they would right. never show that sort of vulnerability. He's he's actually like he's putting his faith in a higher power and he's showing the human side of him where he just he's just like, oh, God, I almost died there. Please let there be no more flying today. And then, of course, there was because there's always more flying. Of course. Yeah, you got to get in the Pelican. You got to get to the chopper and get in the Pelican for sure. But no, yeah, like every member of that team, you whether it's Buck, Romeo, Dutch, Mickey is kind of like a nervous, you know, squirrely guy. But he focuses on the job. He still gets the job done. Really playing as an ODST is an interesting experience because you feel so much more vulnerable. It's not just that you're seeing them be vulnerable in cutscenes, but during gameplay, it's like you don't have that energy shield. When you take when you take fire, you feel it. Yeah, you gotta you know quickly scurry around. You gotta reposition. You gotta. You know, find an advantage. You got to find an edge to overcome these alien monsters because they're and they're and they're bigger than you now for the first right. time. Right, right. You're not you're not seven you're not seven and a half feet tall anymore. <laughs> these uh these guys are a little out of your league, and you got to like be clever, and you got to be that elite shock trooper type guy to get the job done. And that's a really unique way to experience the Halo universe. You're kind of seeing that setting and that that world. Not through the lens of a super soldier, but through just a guy who was trained really well, and you're doing the best job you can. I think that's one of my uh, arguments that I've always made with um, one of the problems of the new Halo series that's going on right now is that um, sometimes I feel like there's too many Spartans. Sometimes I think that like there's just there's not enough of the the grunts side of it. I don't get to see enough. Not 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 true grunts, by the way. I'm talking about like Marines on the ground. Right. I feel like there's there's just not enough of that side. The human aspect of it has kind of been lost a little bit. Yeah. So any opportunity we get to kind of look through that lens again and uh, see that perspective, I I really appreciate. Absolutely. I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping there'll be more ODST experiences, more ODST games, uh, maybe books written from that perspective. I. I want everything ODST. I always, sometimes I just go back and watch that trailer for. Oh for god, that, that trailer's game. so good. I know, right? If if you listeners haven't seen it yet, do yourselves a favor. It's such an awesome trailer because it really sells that vibe of you're just you're just a kid, like you're thrown into this grueling training, and you know you're you're fighting these horrendous beasts that could rip your head off and. It's like what? Are, what am I doing here? I'm so out of my element. Uh, but you turn into a badass, hardcore killing machine who didn't have to have <laughs> some kind of titanium alloy <laughs> bonded to their bones and you know a second heart put in or whatever. <laughs> it's just you're not a Spartan, but you're you're still pretty damn awesome. And so the Spartans represent, 
I think we've discussed this before, but the Spartans represent a fighting spirit of humanity, but the ODSTs kind of do the same thing in a different light. They're, they're not, the heart. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, exactly. Spartans have that, that spirit, that fist, that force, that firepower, but regular Marines and hell jumpers, they have the heart. They have the grit. It's all about, you know, it's not just advanced bio augmentation or ultra high tech armor that carries them forward. It's their training and determination and pure, for, pure, pure ferocity. I Which think that's cool. I, I think it's so cool too. And I, um, to give credit to 343 Studios, I mean, the latest uh, Halo Infinite trailer they released was, it had Chief in it, but it was, it was not about him. It was about a Marine. The majority of the trailer was focused on him. And that's what I think is really cool about that is that you're getting back to these guys that are really the humans around Chief are the important things. And the ODSTs, I think, are the most like perfect example of this. I mean, the the banter between Dutch and uh and and Buck and all of them is just it's so good. And of course the the voice acting cast that they had all being from Firefly didn't hurt either. So that's right. Yeah, we had Adam Baldwin and uh Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Yeah, Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion. It was great. I'll I'll watch, play, read, listen to anything with them. So absolutely perfect. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to grow the show. Please, be sure we to need con- it. <laughs> please do. I'm begging you. And also, be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. We'd love to hear from you. Please, don't be a stranger. <laughs>